to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford 2023 model year Fords available right now on the dealership in stock in ways that they are almost, I mean, hell, in the last two years, it's been rare to have them fully in stock. Two Rivers Ford is where you can go to test drive the new 2023 model year Ford and take one home for yourself at tworiversford.com. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Your dream address without the stress and the Intel Edge is what you stand to receive at GaryAshton.com. TrueMav Fitness, the best, play to, the best place to get your fitness journey started is at TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch, downtown Nashville, and your first workout free at TrueMavFitness.com as a Middle Tennessee resident. And Superbook Sports, where you go to get in on all the action, no matter what sport you are betting. Superbook Sports is your place to wager this season. First bet up to $1,000. They'll match it, win or lose. Download the Superbook app today. So, as we talk about the Titans and, and things that they need to be able to do against the Philadelphia Eagles to have a chance in this game, we talked about it last night, right? We played for you the Greg Cosell clip where Greg said, at any point, this team can make your life a living hell. They play physical. They play aggressive. And even though the talent is not something that you would cite as them being a good football team, you understand that the method for victory, or the rather the approach to victory for the Titans is, hey, let's just let's beat them, let's beat them up. Let's beat them up for four quarters and see if we can't slug it out en route to a victory. That's really been a successful formula for them, ironically enough, because, I mean, there is some nuance to it, of course. They obviously have good defensive players. They have a good defensive system in place, and the offense is good enough to keep you in games from time to time. Certainly the red zone efficiency helps them a great deal. But I do think that the uh, I do think that what the Titans have at their disposal for this particular game is going to come in handy. Now, there is a critical defensive flaw that Bill Barnwell at ESPN did well to discuss and kind of uh, give life to, for lack of a better term, and how you kind of study this defense moving forward, because certainly the Eagles are going to have advan advantages um, given the style of play that they do offer. Brian says Leo gave an interesting take on why the running game isn't working. Yeah, we uh, for those of you who listen to the radio show, we had a we had an interesting day of callers, for lack of a better term. I'm not sure how to describe it other than interesting, but. Certainly uh, a lot of people with a lot of different theories, including Leo, who said he doesn't think Derrick Henry knows the plays and that's what's slowing the offense down, which, of course, is patently ridiculous and stupid. But, you know, that's why you listen to the radio show, because you don't know what the callers are going to do. So let's start with your Two Rivers Ford take on this Thursday evening. Which AFC team do you not want to face in the playoffs? Now. We understand that this is still week 13, and there's a lot of different things that they have to work through, but there are a couple of, you've faced a couple of these top-tier AFC teams so far. You understand how you stack up against them between the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals, all three losses, but two, two of those games you did play well, and well enough to win the game um, had a couple of circumstances not fallen in the opponent's favor. For example, the Titans starting Malik Willis against the Chiefs. 
a difficult circumstance. They didn't have a quarterback who could operate an NFL passing game. Obviously, that's going to cost you when you go to overtime against the Chiefs, even if you get them to overtime. Cincinnati, you had a chance in that game. Kevin Strong kind of blew it, as did T.R. Tart, even though the penalty wasn't called on him. Um, that negated an opportunity for you to try and drive down the field and make a play later in that game. So for all of the uh, for all of the struggles that the Titans have had against what we would consider what we all would consider to be top tier competition, I would say to you that uh, I would say to you that they always have a, uh, an advantage when it comes to the the style of play that they offer. But the question that I'll ask you is this: Which AFC team do you not want to see? come postseason time, because we're starting to get there, teams jockeying for playoff position. And obviously those losses to the Chiefs and the Bengals will matter, and the Bills will matter down the stretch. Craig Baxter says the Bills, only team I'm worried about is the Bengals, says Deshaun Washington. The Bengals, says Jackie Holbert, they seem to have the Titans number. That's true. They're O, or rather they're 3-0 and with Joe Burrow as the quarterback since Mike Vrabel took over as the Titans head coach, which... No other team has that kind of success. We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is, as always, presented by Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, where you go for the best car buying experience humanly possible. Nobody does it better than Two Rivers Ford. And they always go above and beyond to make sure that you are enjoying the car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford has the 2023 model year Fords available on the lot right now, and they will get you in one to test drive one and see how you like it if you are interested in going through with the buying process. They always make the buying process fast, easy, and fun at Two Rivers Ford. It's why, among the reasons, the different reasons, why they are the best in the business. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, which team do you not want to see in the postseason? Uh, as far as the AFC is concerned. Anthony says the Bills. Butchie says Bengals if Vaughn is out. Vaughn Miller on IR currently uh, was just placed on IR earlier today or earlier this week. I know it was within the last two days to be certain. But Vaughn Miller, yes, placed on injured reserve, which is a big loss for Buffalo, who looks a little more human or mortal, rather, than the last time the Titans uh, saw them, which was in week two. So with all that being said, Bill Barnwell, in his write-up on ESPN.com today, talked about uh, the idea that the that the Titans have a, a flaw that would expose them to a team, for example, like the Buffalo Bills. So here was the write-up, courtesy of Bill Barnwell, on ESPN.com. He says that the Titans, the team to avoid for them, and let me move uh, Butchie's comment out of the way, the team to avoid for the Titans is the Buffalo Bills. We've already seen the Bills shred the Titans with their play-action passing game. And Buffalo's 78.4 QBR on play-action is the NFL's fifth best. The team right now below them is the Chargers, but I strongly suspect, Bill Barnwell writes, the Titans would be delighted to go up against a team that struggles to stop the run as badly as L.A. does. So the Bills is the team that you don't want to see in the postseason because they write. Uh, he writes this of the... Uh, he writes this of the of the Titans and their play action passing game, which has honestly uh, been their strength over the last couple of years. But for as good as they are at stopping or at utilizing the play action pass, they really do have a hard time stopping it, which is an interesting note here by Bill Barnwell. They have been sliced by play action passing this year. Their pass defense is fifth best by QBR when teams simply drop back and throw. 
When the opponent uses a play fake, they're allowing a QBR of 82.3, which is the third worst in the NFL this season. Vrabel's defense has allowed teams to complete 69% of their attempts on play action, an average of 8.4 yards per throw, and a toss-up or and score 10 touchdowns to only one interception on play action passes this year, which is kind of crazy to think about. So the Titans, for as good as they are at play action passing, they're gotten they're getting got by opponents play action pass, which is interesting because you would think for as good as they are at it, they would be able to understand how to stop it. And thus far, either it's a personnel issue or you know a a, a discipline situation where they're just they they've not been sound in their assignments. They have not done well at stopping the play action pass by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, as Barnwell lays it out, they're third worst. A to Z Sports Prime Time is presented by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton Real Estate Group will get you in position to succeed with that Intel edge that we all need. If you're going to be buying or selling a home in Middle Tennessee, the Ashton team has you covered. GaryAshton.com is where you go for the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and of this radio show, the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the Intel Edge you need to succeed. So, uh, Leo says Tua won't make it to the playoffs. He's going to keep running around and going to, or keep running and going to F around and find out again. Well, he's not running. He's not had to, Leo. He's, He's the best quarterback in football this year by the metrics, which is crazy. I mean, he's not running, really. He's not had to. He is the best quarterback in the NFL this season as far as ball placement. Accuracy is concerned. Timing on his throws, there's been nobody better in the league but Tua. So as far as the Dolphins go, the Dolphins' offense has a lot of answers to the test coming in. No matter who they play, they have two fairly unguardable wide receivers in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, who with the combination of the way that that offense is schemed and the way that the quarterback operates within that offense, they have been able to succeed at a very high level, understandably so. The Titans, I think, they have beaten Tua and the Dolphins before, but this was under a previous coaching regime. Their offensive line is not great, but they didn't have Tyree Kill to pair with Jalen Waddle the last time that the Titans really, I mean, uh, the Dolphins came to Nashville and got their asses kicked. Coming off, I what was I, if I recall correctly, it was an either eight-game or a nine-game winning streak. It was something pretty substantial that the Titans brought to a screeching halt because there was a lot of questions about just how good actually were the Dolphins. And turns out they were good enough to come in here and get their butts kicked by the Tennessee Titans. This year's Dolphins team is a much different team at this point. I would say that the Bills is the team that you really don't want to see in the postseason right now, given uh, the problems that they have caused you previously, but I'd probably put Miami 1B to Buffalo's 1A at this point because I do think that they present a number of matchup problems that the Titans defense, while good, um, I don't necessarily think they're good enough to overcome the problems that Miami would pose. Seven game win streaks since Titan Fox. Thank you for the correction. All right, let's talk about the idea of making some plays on defense and what the Titans defense can do to uh, hold this Eagles team down. It's a non-conference opponent. It's not going to hurt you in terms of AFC seeding. 
Um, obviously, your record is going to matter as things wear on within the division. But for the purposes of the uh, for the purposes of the playoff, the Eagles game is not as important as, for example, beating the Jags um, with two matchups left on the schedule as you try to further secure some postseason positioning. Um, with the uh, with the situation for with the situation for the uh, with the situation for the Titans, let's talk about it this way. In the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, what one thing should the Titans defense focus on improving this week? We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that A to Z Sports Prime Time is made possible by True Mav Fitness in the Gulch. Their workouts are incredibly effective. They are efficient. They are time, uh, time, what's the word I'm looking for? Time savvy is not the right word that I'm looking for. Efficient probably describes the lack of time that it takes for you to get a great workout in. Producer Reed is howling with laughter in my face, which I always appreciate. Yes, True Math Fitness will help you. They've helped me. I'm down almost 37 pounds um, in the last couple of months. Down from 248 to 211. We are fired the hell up at this point about the work that TrueMav Fitness has helped us with, and they can help you the same way. Whether you're into group classes the way that I enjoy, whether you prefer personal training or their open gym, their uh, success is evident in the way that they go about their business and the way that they make it fun for you to start your fitness journey today. Your first workout is free as a Middle Tennessee resident at TrueMavFitness.com. So, what is the one thing defense needs to improve? Well, this has been talked about um, from a variety of different things. Coming off a not, it wasn't a bad performance by Tennessee against the Bengals, but it wasn't their best, and they'll certainly need their best going up against a Philadelphia team that's going to look to find, uh, that's going to look to uh, look to find ways to make this team pay. He takes off even when it looks like he's initially intending to drop back to pass. Like, I almost wonder, but if they're telling him, hey, if you see space, just go. Because a lot of times he's not even <laughs> not even hitting his back foot. He just runs. Man, for sure. And that lets you know that this type of playmaker that he is, you know, he wants to put his team in the, in the best position that he possibly can. And uh, and then when those situations presents themselves, he comes right away and he lets you, he makes them pay for it, especially if you don't have good, great rush lanes and, People, everybody running up the field and, uh, you know, not really taking accountability that he is a very fast and elusive guy. So you come in thinking he's not fast and thinking he's slipping, you can catch him and you got another thing coming. So that's Bud Dupree on the radio show today. By the way, Bud is always great. Uh, anytime you have him in an interview setting and you can hear the full interview via the podcast of my radio show, uh, creatively named The Buck Rising Show wherever you get your podcasts. And by the way, I love that you guys post us in the uh, or tag us in the Spotify wrapped from your year of listening. And I cannot, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the way that you guys consume the primetime show, the radio show, the podcast. Um, it makes us very happy and certainly rewarding for everybody. Uh, producer Reed, producer Lucas, everybody that works hard to make the shows possible. So we do uh, thank you uh, on behalf of, uh, on behalf of, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the one who's uh, hogging the mic as often as I do. So I will thank you on behalf of everybody, even though I'm sure that they would express their gratitude in their own ways. So Bud Dupree on the radio show today talking about Jalen Hurts, because I, you know, I, to kind of to kind of set the 
or to give context to that conversation, Jalen Hurts averaged 9.2 yards per carry. He had 157 yards on the ground, not passing, on the ground against the Packers. The, the Eagles put over 360 yards rushing on the Packers this past weekend, and it's because their quarterback is so smart in the way that he uses his legs. Their passing game is efficient. It's not crazy, but it's efficient. And they have done well to supply Jalen Hurts with great skill position players. Um, I think that uh, I think that for uh, Stephen King says we we only do it for producer Reed. To be fair, well, you know what? I I completely understand. The only reason I show up every night is for producer Reed. Otherwise, you know, I'd uh, I'd, I'd I'd go to bed at eight o'clock at night as opposed to. Working a little longer, but either way, uh, producer Reed expresses his gratitude from the shadows uh, behind uh, behind the scenes. But yes, the rushing attack of the Eagles is something that the Titans are going to have to take away. They've been so good against the run this year, and certainly they have to find ways to do so again. Now, um, it's not just about the rush, right? Because the Eagles are the most complete offense in football, wholesale. More complete than Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. More complete than uh, Miami and Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. They are the best offense. More, well, they're not the best offense, but they're the most complete offense. And right now, that matters a great deal as they get down the stretch because they're really starting to hum um, in ways that their front office has also done well, well to fortify the positions that they're not necessarily strong on. On those scrambles by Joe Burrow, I... Jeffrey Simmons, he has said that there were breakdowns in communication. Can you just elaborate? Like, what was the problem with communication on his scrambles? Yeah, when I was when I watched the film, you know, I think he had some pretty good rush lanes a couple of times. You know, I, like I said, the defensive linemen, especially on third downs in different situations, they have different rush games that they have called, and it didn't look like the execution, the communication with that was clean enough. And then obviously, when you scramble on the back end, sometimes we're plastering receivers at the time. So he's finding open spots. So, you know, he didn't have any, I think it's long, I don't know if his longest run was like 15 yards or something like that, but he did make some key scrambles uh, when he needed to. So that's Kevin Byer talking about the ability of quarterbacks to make plays, specifically Joe Burrow, but the ability of quarterbacks to make plays with their legs against the Titans defense. Now, it hasn't happened a ton, but Mahomes, for example, you saw the kind of like the third and 17 conversion late in that game where Mahomes just felt like, okay, you got him in third and long. You got the ability to stop him. You're playing without a real quarterback in that particular game. Respectfully to Malik, Malik Willis, who's doing the best that he can, but obviously it's not good enough to operate a standard NFL passing game. And you're trying to stop this dude, and all of a sudden, third and 17, he just runs for a first down, right? And those are the kind of plays that break your back. They play an awful lot of man coverage when they get teams in third and long, and that opens up the ability, once the defensive back has their back turned to the quarterback because they're running with their man, quarterback can make a play with his legs. Burrow had a great plan against them. He would hit his second step, get the ball out, or run. I mean, it was so quick, so efficient, so fast. And Burrow sees the field as well as anybody, any quarterback in football right now. Jalen Hurts is not the passer that Burrow and Mahomes are, obviously. But he is such an efficient player within their system as a passer and also has exceptional ability to create on his own with his legs the way that the Eagles have dominated prior to them adding guys like A.J. Brown, right? They were the best rushing offense in football. Not that long ago. And certainly they found ways to marry their passing game with that incredibly effective rushing attack. So 
Trying to contain the rush ability of the quarterback is going to be critical this week, as critical as any, because even though they beat you, you'll live with the occasional Mahomes play with his legs. You'll live with the occasional Burrow play with his legs. But Hurts, you know it's coming, and you know that's going to be as big a reason if they beat you um, or if they tr- if they have a chance to beat you. You know that's going to be the biggest reason or one of the biggest reasons why. Mitchell uh, Gallagher, Gallagher says critical flaws. J- John Robinson and Downing want a joke. Um, you know, I just, I don't understand why people feel that way. I just, I simply don't get it. Like, and it's not, because this, it sounds, it sounds kind of, it sounds kind of douchey to say, but like, I don't know if it's just a lack of understanding about what you're watching on the field as to why you blame specifically Todd Downing. Like John, John, the roster, there's ways to pick it apart. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that Todd Downing is a great coordinator. I'm not saying he's, um, I'm not even saying he's an above average coordinator. I just think that Todd Downing, like the criticism of Todd Downing is such a waste of time because it's not even remotely their biggest problem. Uh, right now, they got roster deficiencies. Honestly, I think I think John's uh, John's inability to rebuild the offensive line is by far and away a bigger problem than anything that Todd Downing has posed to you because you know you've seen what the quarterback is capable of doing within this offense when he has adequate time. It's just you know over the last two years he hadn't had shit for time, and uh, it doesn't allow a passing game to uh, to develop. Um, Buck, I can tell you with eighty five percent accuracy, the play that we will run based off the down and distance and personnel. Yeah, but that was the case under Arthur. Like, <laughs> the difference is teams can stop it now. You know, like, it's not like they're any different than they were, what was 2020? I guess two seasons ago. They're not that, they're not schematically different than they were two seasons ago. It's just, yeah, the offensive line kind of stinks now. And teams can stop it. I think the the most impressive thing about the Titans is that you used to, everybody knew, everybody's always known what's going to happen, what, what this team is going to do. They're going to run the football. They're going to run Derrick Henry. Uh, they're going to run it uh, 29 to 30 times a game. Hell, Derrick was averaging 29, all over 29 touches a game prior to in the 2020 win season before he got hurt. So, yeah, the, the difference is teams are stopping him. Okay, so now you got to figure some shit out. The offensive line isn't very good, so it doesn't allow you to figure things out. Um, I just, I just think that the, uh, I just think that the, the whole, the whole Todd Downing situation, it, again, I'm not, I'm not criticizing anybody's football knowledge because listen, there are so much, there are so many resources available to you guys that many of you are smarter than the people who talk about football for a living. I'm not disputing that at all. I have learned a great deal about football based on the conversations that I'm able to have with coaches, with players, with uh, analysts who I trust and who I know do a good job. So I'm not I'm not claiming to have any great football knowledge that you don't possess. All I'm saying is when I watch these games armed with the knowledge of who I talk to and how it is that these games play out, Todd Downing is not the thing that I come come away with thinking is the problem. So I've ne- I've really I've really not understood that um, over the past couple of years. I think I think sometimes last year they were super limited, and I think the injuries played as much a part of that. But like, you know, every time I feel like I'm seeing something, our plays seem so seem so blah. Says Rooney again. They're the same plays. They're the exact same plays. The difference is you can't do them as well anymore. So <laughs> nothing about the plays has changed. It's just your team sucks a little more. 
Not I mean, they don't suck. They're seven and four. They're leading their division. It's the same plays. So yes, they need to figure things out. Nobody's disputing that. I'm not saying that they're good enough. They're not good enough to win a Super Bowl right now. That's not a hot take. Those what, what's the Boris Johnson line? The uh, disgraced former uh, uh, Eng- uh, UK Prime Minister. Them's the breaks, right? When he's voted out of office, them's the breaks. Well, them's the breaks. Like. You're running the same plays. Your offense is the same. Nothing has really changed. Your offensive line sucks. That's causing you a lot of problems. Caused the passive game problems. Caused Derek to get stuff behind the line of scrimmage a great deal more. So, um, you know, I I would invite you guys to listen to Greg talk about these things as opposed to me yell at you about these things because I feel like, you know, I'm redundant with it to an extent that sometimes you guys may tune me out and that's fine. I understand. You got it's it's confirmation bias when you see something go wrong and you already have it in your mind that Todd Downing's the problem, and then something happens with the offense. And you're like, ah, oh, Todd Downing, that guy sucks. Well, it's really not about that. So again, he's not the greatest offensive coordinator in the world. He may not even be above average. But the problem is not with the play calls. The problem is the play calls that have always worked don't work anymore. They don't work anymore. So I would invite you to go listen to the podcast that I do with Greg Cosell every week. It's not even a it's not even a plug. It's just Greg is much smarter than me about football. And that's why I enjoy the conversations with Greg because I learn as you guys do while I'm the one driving the conversation and feeding Greg uh, or re- lobbing it up to Greg for him to slam dunk, right? Those are the kind of those are the kind of conversations that I really enjoy and I think help us all be smarter about what it is that we're watching. So Yes. Do they need to adapt? Of course they need to adapt. Is it is it solely the fault of the play caller? Absolutely not. And I wish that we could get away because it's causing me migraines. I wish that we could get away from that hamster wheel conversation because it's over and over and over and over and over again. And as long as Derrick Henry's on the roster, this is the offense that you're going to run. That's just... So either you, either you jettison Derrick, which... All of you would shit your pants if that was a thing. Or you find ways to make it work around him. They're trying to find ways to make it work around him. Thus far, it has been successful to an extent, but not successful in the way that I think most of you want to achieve. So let's let's leave that let's leave that conversation alone for now. Let's move on to uh, a weekend bounce back. Who needs to bounce back the most in sports? This week, let me know in the comment section on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you that the A to Z Sports primetime. Well, actually, let me read this uh, this uh, comment from Bilal really quick. He says, Buck, it's called adjusting when we are horrible when we need to adjust. Um, you know, I think each game, uh, don't, don't. Take it as a whole season sample size, right? Take it game by game. Do I think they could have gone away from the from the run earlier than they did with Derrick Henry when it clearly wasn't working? Yes. Yes. But I have the results in hand. Like, I know what happened. I know that they lost. I know that they lost in part, not totally, but in part because Derrick was unable to have even the slightest, uh, uh, slightest room to breathe, right? They suffocated Derrick Henry. And by the way, a, an incredible job. The more that I watch that game back, I've seen the game, I've seen the game back several times at this point. Probably I would say 
what is today? Thursday. Yesterday was my fourth time through the Bengals game. Okay. And upon each watch through, even though I'm watching different angles every time I watch the games back, I the thing that I kept coming away with the most was, God bless, did that, did that Bengals defense play spectacularly. DJ Reader is a human tank in the middle of that defense. And yes, the 275-pound guard, Aaron Brewer, had difficulty moving him. Turns, or I guess in this case, center, had difficulty moving him. Um, the Bengals defense deserves a lot of credit because not only did they stop Derrick Henry, but they stopped the Titans in the red zone. And no team has really had an answer for the Titans in the red zone really since Mike Vrabel's been the head coach. So let's move on. Who needs to bounce back most in sports? Stephen King, uh, well, actually, let me tell you that Superbook Sports is your place to bounce back when it comes to wagering. They will get your wagers in on every major sport in the Superbook Sports app. They'll match your first bet up to $1,000, win or lose. They are the best in the business that way. The app, incredible. Clean, easy to use, Specific, a specific tab for your local Tennessee teams for the best odds boost and promo bets around. Superbook Sports is where you go. Terms and conditions, go to superbook.com. Gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, who needs to bounce back in sports this week? William Jones says, Todd. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, so I've, made this, I've made this analogy before, but it's like, it's like politics, right? If you are a Republican, if you are a Democrat, and, you know, obviously there are people who are in between, but less and less it seems uh, that people are willing to be moderates. You are going to vote for a Republican. If you're a Republican, you're going to vote for a Democrat if you're a Democrat. And, like, nothing that anybody, no matter how many political ads you see on television, no matter how many different people you hear speak or go to town halls for, whatever, you're going to vote for the candidate that you're probably always going to vote for, right? That seems to be the nature of American politics. Now, how healthy that is... Um, well, it's not even up for debate. It's deeply unhealthy. But I look at Todd Downing the same way. If you don't like Todd Downing, you're never going to like Todd Downing. Like Todd Downing out of here trying to trying to earn your vote. Stump on the ticket. Down, Vrabel Downing 2020, what is the year? 2022. Almost 2023. Right? That's not the ticket that you want. You're going to vote that ticket down because you want to vote for whomever. Tim Kelly, who is on the staff, and the staff continues to have problems scheming wide receiver open so why Tim Kelly gets zero blame in all of this is mind-boggling to me because it's not Todd Downing is the coordinator there are <clears throat> excuse me uh between eight and 12 I would imagine at any given point Titans coaches and staffers working on an offensive game plan but Todd Downing is the front-facing person so okay he gets the blame whatever um but yes if you are anti-Todd Downing you're never going to be pro-Todd Downing it is like the American political system. You're going to be partisan about the situations that you have already made up your mind on. I'm not going to change your mind. It's fine. I'm not here to change your mind. But I'm good. damned if I'm not going to provide you as much context as humanly possible for you to make a more informed decision or a more informed opinion if I can help it. And if not, well, then I'm just screaming into the ether at this point. Uh, William adds, Buck, you don't understand because you're a part of the sports media. If you're a PSL um, or a fan, you would feel our pain. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, I, here's, here's, I, I'll take it in parts because I don't think, I think there are some, some of that is right. And some of that is incorrect. W William, you're right. I don't spend money to watch your football team. I don't, 
In fact, I'm paid to watch your football team. It's a market difference between, you know, my mortgage payment comes directly from going to football games as opposed to people spending their disposable income to go to football games. I'm cognizant of that, right? I am also cognizant of the fact that my emotional investment in the Titans is, is my emotional investment in the Titans goes as far as the success of the radio show, of the primetime show, and of the work that I do. It is beneficial for me to cover a winning team. There is no question. Does a little disaster help from time to time as far as ratings, numbers, engagement, interest? Yes, that is so. But here's what I'll say to you. I have to watch every game. Like, I don't have a choice. I can't turn on the red zone in the press box. I can't change the game to what's what's the big game this week? Chiefs Chiefs, uh, Chiefs and, uh, and Bengals are playing this week. Can't change the channel to Chiefs and Bengals. So I have to watch. Not, I get, listen, I get to cover the NFL. It's a great privilege. But I have to watch your games at least four times through every week. Every week. And that's fine. That's part of my job. It doesn't make me less likely to feel the kind of things that you feel. Because I am looking at the flaws that the that the that the team that I cover has, and I'm saying, okay, here's what they are doing, here's what they are capable of doing, here's what they're not capable of doing, here is what is going to keep them from achieving their ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. To analyze, to dissect, to have conversations, to provide insight, right? That's my job. And yes, is there a is there a degree of detachment? Because you're correct. I don't pay for my seat in the press box. I get paid to be there. I don't pay for my parking at the games. I have parking at every game. I don't pay for the food that is provided to us in the media lounge by the Tennessee Titans as an organization because that's a perk of the job. I get a media lounge for four and a half hours and then after I finish press conferences to sit, to hang out, to drink my coffee, whatever. But I'm also watching your team as closely as anybody because that's what I'm paid to be there to do. So yes, there is a degree of detachment and I don't get upset the way that you guys do. But I will also say to you that I do think, even though I'm not emotional about it, and you guys may push back on this, it's entirely your prerogative to do so. I do think that the context and the perspective that I provide is noteworthy in the way that it gets you to be less emotional about what you're watching and to detach yourself a little bit, if I can, from the emotion of how much you care about your team. It's incredible that you care about your team the way that you do. But also, I don't. I think, I think sometimes it's counterproductive because emotional decisions, emotional analysis, they don't have a place here. That's not what we do. We're here to look at the games. We're here to analyze the roster. We're here to talk about the scheme. And we're here to break things down. Beyond that, you know, if you want to get bent out of shape about because you don't like your offensive coordinator, okay, I I can't help you. Tough shit. Maybe you change in the offseason. Maybe you don't. It's December the 1st. It's week 13. In the meantime, we're talking about football games. This is supposed to be the bounce back segment. I don't know how we got caught that, that caught up. I went in on a bit of a tangent. I apologize. <laughs> Who needs to bounce back in sports this week? Probably, probably Jerry Stackhouse, who got bounced from a game that was very, very close last night 
in ways that I just thought was completely foolish. We've had a lot going on since we went into the timeout. Now, we mentioned that there was a technical foul called on Liam Robbins, but then Jerry Stackhouse, as we went into the timeout, he just absolutely lost it. He was going after uh, Bart Lennox, one of the officials. He got one technical. There's Lennox, gave him a technical. And then he had to be held back by his team of coaches. And he went after Lennox again. And that's when Jeff Clark, the referee, gave him a second technical foul and ejected him from this ballgame, which obviously you never want anything like the first technical. But you definitely don't want the coach being ejected in such a tight game, 54-51. I mean, it was a fever pitch, you know, just brewing. And, you know, it happened. Jeff Clark said, Liam Robinson said, he said, on your head. He's tapping his head like that's to kids. Don't let me. I dumped on you. Jerry Stackhouse needs a bounce back because, you know, I mean, the tech, the, the first tech was bullshit. Like he can't be stalking the refs that way. Unbelievable. Uh, God, Rep Berrigan says, uh, we can't, I can't, I can't for the life of me get you, get you guys off these, uh, off the downing thing because we hate downing buck every day. He is our offensive coordinator is Vrabel telling us he doesn't give a shit about a Super Bowl. Thought that was the goal. Well, no, again. All right. That's exactly the kind of comment that I'm talking about. That's an incredibly emotional response. There's, I, I can name you 17 different ways you, or 17 different reasons you won't make the Super Bowl. And, and none of them include Todd Downing. Now, could Todd Downing be an 18th? Sure. But, like, it's just, it's, <laughs> it is short-sighted in ways that I cannot comprehend, cannot for the life of me comprehend, um, that people fail to see beyond the thing or beyond the face that they most identify with their biggest problems. When, of course, that's nonsense. It's just, it's not, it's, it's not. There, there are so many different, if you want, if you presented me with a list of reasons that the Titans would not make the Super Bowl, I would probably, I would probably make it at least 12 different things before I landed on your offensive coordinator situation. Oh God. All right. I'm we're not gonna we're not gonna engage further in the hamster wheel argument because I just feel like, you know, it's getting late on a Thursday night. It's the last show of the week and I've got three hours of radio. If you guys want to bitch at me, you can do it tomorrow. <laughs> Myron Harris says, How can you say that downing is key to offense? Putting up points. He is key. Yes. Do you know where he is key? Do you know why Todd Down? Okay, let's let's leave it because Steven nineteen eighty six says God. Go have a drink. God, I'm absolutely loving this show tonight. Why? Because it's a shit show? I, I imagine so. Myron Harris says, how can you say that? Downing is key. <sighs> okay. Let's take this piece by piece, shall we? Do you know why Todd Danning has the job that he does? Now, one, Arthur Smith took a head coaching job. Big deal. Todd Downing has not single-handedly, but he has been one of the most, if not the most, influential actors in your red zone offense. Five years now, we're in season number five of Mike Vrabel. In five years, almost five years, not five full, not five complete years, but into year five, the Titans have always, under Mike Vrabel and this coaching staff, had a top five red zone offense. Todd Downing is directly responsible for the wizardry that you have in the red zone. 
Now, everything else, okay, criticize. But the reason that you still remain top five in red zone offense, despite the Bengals blanking you, 0 for 3 in the red zone, you're still a top five red zone offense after that shitty performance, is because Todd Downing knows what he's doing inside of 20. There are redeeming qualities of Todd Downing. There are qualities that you wish he could improve on. I'm certain. But do not be so single or so narrow-minded in the way that you in the way that you look at your football team. Because there are a million different reasons why your football team succeeds or fails on any given week. There's too many moving parts. Too many moving parts on a football team to identify one thing that's causing you problems. I wish it was that simple. Do you know how much easier my you know how much easier my job would be if I is just one thing? If I could find one thing every week to say, yeah, that's the reason you lost the game. Oh my God. Well, one, I'd run out of shit to talk about because I have what 15 hours of radio a week, five hours of prime time a week, an hour of the Cosell podcast. Probably not, it probably ends up being like 20 minutes on the 615 sessions by the time we're done with it. But you understand, like let's call it call it about 20 hours a week worth of talking about this. I almost said a bad word about this football team. Okay. <laughs> I wish it was boiled down to one thing. I wish it was as simple as Todd Downing screwing everything up. That would make my life so much easier. And yet I'd run out of things to talk about. And that's not how football works. Okay. Can we be done with this? <laughs> oh, good God. All right. Radio show tomorrow is going to be great. You know who I'm going to ask about the red zone offense? Or you know who I'm going to ask about Todd Downing? Mina Kimes. You know how great Mina Kimes is? Mina Kimes is one of the smartest people I know. Hell, she might be smarter than everybody I know about football and the X's and O's analysis. Mina Kimes is going to be on the radio show tomorrow. So is Coach Dave McGinnis. So is former Titans wide receiver Nate Washington. And we are going to get you fired up and ready for a fantastic game that I cannot wait to drive. Or uh, not drive. Good God. I cannot wait to fly up to Philadelphia to cover on Saturday afternoon and cover it on Sunday. I guess it's afternoon. It's a noon game. Either way, it's going to be a good time. So Mina tomorrow, Coach Mack tomorrow, Nate Washington tomorrow, and you will get some great analysis there. I can assure you, uh, certainly that will be the case. Um, I saw a comment earlier that I meant to read. Uh, Skirblerd says, Buck, do you answer YouTube questions on the radio show? You know what? All right, so here's the deal. Because uh, we do have a live stream of the radio show. All three hours of the radio show are live stream. So you, you can go back and watch the, the Bud Dupree interview today that I did. You can go back and watch any of the player interviews that I do, any of the interviews, all the discussion. All three hours of the radio show are live streamed. And I do have YouTube comments in front of me. I've got Facebook Live comments. I've got Twitter comments. I've got, uh, what's the other one? Twitch in front of me. I don't read them as often as I do the primetime show but I do go to them from time to time. I definitely check them during the commercial breaks. And if it is a worthy comment, they appear less on the radio show than they do on here. And I can't physically throw them up on the screen for the radio show like I do on here because there's three different people running the show of the radio show as opposed to producer Reed who is here to babysit me basically for an hour and a half or an hour or so every night. Um, but if the comment is good, I will make I will go out of my way to make sure that it gets discussed. So if you have a good comment, uh, the radio show has a live stream chat just the same way that the primetime show does. Um, and we'll, I'm open to taking questions during Mina's segment. If you would like to uh, 
uh, if you would like to ask a question while I'm doing the Mina interview tomorrow. I believe Mina is on the show at 1130, so that'll be a good time. Uh, LeVar Jeffrey says, you can't say us fans don't know what we're talking about, Buck. I didn't say that. In fact, I said you have more knowledge. You have more at your disposal than at any other time. You have the, literally the entire of the, in the entirety of the internet is in your hand, on your phone. It's in your hand, the entirety of the internet. No, I'm not saying that you don't know what you're talking about. I'm saying that sometimes, some of you, not all of you, you may be a bit short-sighted. You may be a bit emotional, and that's okay. That's okay. All right, enough of this. <laughs> have a great night. Have a great night. Uh, I hope you have a f- spectacular weekend. Oh, the cat is now crawling in front of, why not? The, the primetime show has already been a shit show. Thank you, Francis, for uh, for interrupting the proceedings. Why <laughs> What am I going to do? Can I help you? Thank you very much. <laughs> That's going to do it for the primetime show tonight. Radio show tomorrow from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Come here, Frank. Oh, she's too busy crawling across my desk. Unbelievable. Uh, too... <laughs> how, am I, how am I supposed to do a, How am I supposed to be professional around here? I can't. I get no respect from you guys. No respect from producer Reed. No respect from the people who also occupy my home. These damn cats. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight. Radio show tomorrow from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. We'll have a great time doing it. Frank and I will see you tomorrow. Have a fantastic weekend. She's pissed because she doesn't like to be on camera. She's probably going to punch me in the face. So have a spectacular weekend. And we will talk to you tomorrow on the radio show. And if not, well, there's no primetime Friday night. Sunday morning in Philadelphia. We'll try to get something productive done then. See you guys. There's Matt. All right, we right haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what? That's but it. We got a couple more questions. No, nope, that's right. it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM.